0: Hello there and welcome to the Dear Sparrows podcast. So I'm really excited about today because today we finish up Ruth and I have really loved going through this with you guys and I really appreciate everybody who's been listening every week and keeping up with it and I've loved our guest Shannon last week was just completely such a blessing and her wisdom was just uncanny. And I was really happy that you guys got to get a little taste of um, getting to know her because she is just such a special and important friend to me. And I really appreciate her wisdom and just she walks with such confidence in God. And so I'm glad that you guys got to get to know her a little bit um, and everything. So today we are going to explore Ruth 4. This is kind of the we left last week on like this cliffhanger And now we're walking into it and we're going to see how this ends up. But I have to give a cooler funny story first, right? Always have to. So, um, I've been thinking, I'm like, what am I going to tell about? Because I always have, like, a bunch of different stories I can tell. Well, this one, this one's really dumb. Like, really dumb. But I think you guys are going to laugh out of it. So... I was traveling home from Minnesota last week, I've been home for a week now, and I didn't want to go, um, back to Virginia, but I did, because I had to start work, and so anyway, so, I got my printout boarding pass, and I put it in my back pocket, and then I had my phone in my back pocket, well, I wanted to go use the restroom, and I know better than to, like, let my phone just stay in my pocket, So I went to go take my phone out of my pocket to put it in my bag, and then comes popping out with it, because I didn't realize they were in the same pocket, is the boarding pass. So it goes flying across into the toilet. And I'm like, great. (laughs) And so I'm standing there for a second, and I'm like, should I grab this? Should I just, like, take the embarrassment and go tell somebody what happened? And before I can even think, the thing has, like, an automatic flusher. So it flushes the thing down the toilet. And so I'm like, of course. Of course it's happened. So I had to go tell the TSA lady or flight attendant person what happened. And she, like, did not think it was as funny as I did. I mean, I was embarrassed. But then it was also kind of funny. But then I'm also, I, like, poke humor at myself all the time. So that happened, which was funny and i just took it as a 100% sign that i should not have left i should have stayed so so that's my little story i uh, hope you enjoyed it hope that gave you a laugh if not then you're probably like wow this is kind of weird and why am i listening to this podcast well please continue listening cuz it's going to be some good bible stuff okay so anyway so let's let's recap a little bit so we're in Ruth 4 so we know Ruth We know kind of her story. We know last week. I'm just going to, I'm not going to reiterate her whole story. I'm going to go from last week. So last week, she stands in front of Boaz. She she goes, she dolls herself up, gets her hair, her makeup done, puts on her best dress. and, And she goes and she stands before Boaz and she really just pours her heart out. You know, she stands there and she's just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. And she is courageous in that because that's a pretty gutsy thing to do. And that's, I think, as a woman, um, I know firsthand when you take that initiative to go um, to a man really in any context and and say something to him and and convey what you feel that God's putting on your heart, that's a very vulnerable and hard place to be Um, because that's not something that, you know, I, I I think I look at Ruth, and I don't know her personally, but I feel like in her book, it, you know, and throughout the story of her, like, we see that she is courageous and she's bold, and she'll stand up for what she wants to do. But she's also um, not a pushy person. She's never pushy in the way that she would, like, be a bother. Um, so I think she comes in a very gentle way um, to do this, and she sees... You know some time has passed, and he's not really making a move. And um, my guess is that she's really listening to God on this and really felt that God was convey you know telling her that it was okay to do this. so she she goes in front of him and she she just stands there and she's like, you know i I need to know where you are on this. And it's a very direct way to handle it. Um, it gives me a lot of uh, inspiration with things, but I don't know if I could be that brave, um, as she was with that, but he conveys to her, okay, thank you, um, I think he also is like, wow, (laughs) you know, he's, because he stands in front of her, and he says, you know, your kindness is greater than what you've shown earlier, so he's showing that she's coming in kindness and in courage, and he says, you didn't run after the younger men, rich or poor, um, so don't be afraid, so what he was even saying in that is, Hey, don't be, don't be scared. Like, this is all good. And he also, I think he he looks at it and he's like, why me? You're beautiful. And you could have pretty much any guy you wanted and you want me. And, and she does. And I think she does because of her heart. But I think also that's what God was conveying to her. And it sounds like she's somebody who really lives by what God conveys to her. And when God um, puts that on somebody's heart, there's really, there's no one else. You know, and and I look at that and I just think that is the most beautiful thing in the world. Um, And such a beautiful testament of a God-made relationship. But, you know, she doesn't know how he's going to react. She doesn't know if God's telling him the same things or where his heart is. And so during this day and age, um, Boaz was not the kinsman redeemer. Now, a kinsman redeemer is somebody who is kind of like, I guess in modern times you could kind of put it like a suitor, but I feel like that's even a little archaic to say. But Boaz was not first in line to be the person that would, um, you would most assume would marry her. There was actually this other guy who was actually in line first. And so Boaz says, well, I need to go talk to him and make sure that's okay. And if he isn't, you know, wanting to marry you, then, then, then we're good. We know that God has blessed it. And so if we're going to put this into modern context, and if we're going to even put this into any period context, you know, yes, we have the culture going on in here. But if we look at it really in depth, we're seeing if God allowed that door to open, then that was God's blessing upon it, right? Um, so God will use his people. And so... What we see in here is Ruth 4. So Boaz goes, and he, he talks, and he invites the guy over. He says, like, hey, okay, I want to sit down. I, I want to talk to you. So he first shares, so um, there's there's this woman and her mother-in-law, and they are both widows, and there's this tract of land um, that they own because of, you know, their late husbands. And so you're the kinsman Redeemer, so technically you're allowed to buy it first. And so we see the Redeemer's actually, we don't even get his name, um, but he says that, okay, hey, I, I would be interested in buying the land. And then Boaz is like, okay, um, well, you have to marry the girl too. And then <laughs> he's like, no. Um, so what I love in this is that we see that even if things appear like they might not be going the way that we were. were hoping, um, that circumstances look pretty dim because for you know, these few minutes it looked pretty dim. It looked like he was going to take on the lamb, he was going to take Ruth, he was going to take her girl, right? And then God comes through and puts it on his heart, This guy doesn't want a wife, he's good, and he doesn't, he probably doesn't even really know Ruth, but he doesn't even want to marry her. And he says, I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. So you redeem it. I'm not going to do it. And that's in verse 6. And this is kind of cool because the kinsman Redeemer is saying to Boaz, you go for it. You go get her. And I just, I think about in my head almost like a movie where you get to that climactic point where there's the one girl and she's stunning and she's beautiful and there's two guys and you're not sure who she's going to pick. And in this case, you're not sure who God's going to pick, right? Um, You're not sure who God's going to allow for the door to open. And the whole time we are rooting for Boaz because he, he's our guy. He's the guy that we want to end up with, Ruth. We want to see the end scene where they're riding off in the carriage, but, but we're not sure. And it kind of looks dim. And then you see it and God just comes through and stops in the tracks of Ruth being able to marry anyone else. And I think there's a beautiful piece of that, that if God has a specific person for you, then nothing and no one can stand in between that. And I think that's so encouraging. Um, In a world of just so many unknowns, to know that God knows and that God's in control and God will not let anything happen without his permission. Um, And we really see that through this. And so during this day and age, um, and it says in verse 7, Now in earlier times in Israel, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to another. This was a method of legalizing transactions in Israel. So we have the kinsman redeemer actually give his sandal to Boaz. Okay, and I'm totally taking this in a different way, But can we just appreciate a little bit of some of the Cinderella aspects of this? Okay, let me, let me talk, let me talk. Okay, so we have Ruth, and she, she's the embodiment. I mean, she's like Cinderella, but better, because this happened in real life, guys, and this is in the Bible, and this is a true story, and it's like this biblical fairy tale that was true, and we have her, and she is the embodiment of courage and kindness, okay? She's courageous. I mean, she goes up to this guy, who she has feelings for, who God has led her to. And she stands right in front of him. And it's like, I like you. I love you. I want to marry you. That's courage. And she's kind and everything Boaz calls her kind. And in verse 310, he says that, you know, your kindness is greater than what you showed earlier. And he's remarking to the kindness she showed Naomi, that she stayed with Naomi, even when everyone, even Naomi herself was saying, you don't need me. Like you don't need the burden of me, so go go do and find your own life. She's kind and she stays and she puts others before herself. And so she has this embodiment of courage and kindness that she is living out. And I look at that. And I mean she's just is Cinderella, you know? And then we get to this point where there's even this shoe thing, you know, and I know she's not even there in the moment, but we see, you know, a shoe is removed and I just think there's a little trace of that, that I think of Cinderella in this, and this whole thing. And I think more than anything there, both of them show um, a level of discernment and willingness to submit to God. Um, Psalm 37, 4 talks about, you know, if we come to God and we give him our hearts, then he will give us the desire of our hearts, but we need to delight ourselves on him. And what that really means is we... Love God so much more than our own happiness and so much more than our own um, feelings and our own selves that we give him the authority to make the final call. And they both do that in here. They both go to God and say, God, no matter what the cost, I want you to have the say. And they both do that. And God's answer to them is, I want you for each other. And I can only imagine the smile on Boaz's face when the guy, right after we think it's all over, this is, you know, he's going to take the girl, and then he doesn't, and Boaz gets his girl. And we have this shoe transfer thing, which is just, I don't know. I know that's so far from the Cinderella story, but I still just think the shoe thing is kind of neat. And so I love it, and... They they transfer the property and everything. And so then we get into verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And the Lord enabled them to conceive, and they had a son. And so we look at that, and oh my gosh, guys, the happiness here. So God blesses their marriage, and God gives them a son. And what is so neat, what is so cool is the son that they have becomes the grandfather of King David, who is in the lineage of Jesus. So if we look back at Ruth's humble beginnings of where she started, this young, beautiful widow who is destitute and has nothing, and then she ends up being the great-grandmother of King David. And so I think that is the biggest testament of all, that obedience can lead to bigger things, but we may not know what it is yet. And so even Boaz saying to her in Ruth 2.12, May the Lord bless you because you have sought refuge under his wings and, and earnestly reward you for that. And so we almost see that as kind of prophetic because she was rewarded. I mean, she is in the lineage of Jesus. And I don't think there's any higher blessing than that. And so looking at... Her small acts of obedience to God, revolutionary changed the rest of her life and the lives of people to come. And we look at the legacy that was left too. And now Obed means um, worshiping her servant. And so we see this legacy that they have set forth of being a worshiping servant, right? And so Obed raises Jesse, who raises David. And David, some of the things David says, like Psalm 91.4 and Ruth 2.12 look Amazingly alike because they both talk about seeking refuge under God's wings, right? And we see some in even Psalm 37:4, David wrote most of the Psalms, or his son Solomon did, still that family line. And we see the legacy that is left because one woman chose to obediently follow God, and the man that God had for her chose to obediently follow God. And so I think that's an encouragement to us that we might not even know what God has planned. But if we walk in obedience, no matter what, no matter all the haters and anything anyone else is saying, if we walk in obedience to what God is asking us to do, he might have revolutionary plans outside of our wildest dreams. And I think that is so beautiful to look at. Um, And I'll, I'll talk about verse 14 too. The woman said to Naomi, praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a Kinsman Redeemer. May he be famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better than seven sons has given him birth. And so looking at that, so looking at that, Naomi, if we remember, she at the beginning of this book had changed her name from Naomi, which means pleasant, to Mara, which means bitter. Now she changed her name. God didn't change her name. She changed her name. But God has the last word here, and he shows her, I haven't forgotten you. There's no need to be better. There was never any need to be better because I had you the whole time, Naomi. I had you the entire time, and I made sure to put on the heart of that girl to not forget you, to not leave you, and to stay with you. And now you get to raise this little grandson who is going to love you and who is going to grow up. To do so many great and wonderful things. And it even says that God will make him famous. And God did. I mean, look at that, guys. So Naomi's life, she thought it was over. She thought it was done for. She thought she was without hope. And God has the last word. And God blesses her, guys. This is insane. I mean, this is so cool. And it even for this day and age, too, to say that a a woman was better than seven sons. I mean, that's Huge. That is the level of respect and dignity and love that is being poured out to show Ruth honor. I mean, the fact that she even has a book of her own in this, in an age where the culture itself was not um, highly regarding a woman, but God is. And so we look at that and how God had his hand on this woman's life to affect everyone who came into contact with her, to affect Naomi, to affect Boaz, to affect the generations to come after them. And I think that's just so encouraging, especially for women to look at walking in step with God will always yield blessing. It might not be in the time that we would hope, but it will always have blessing. And I love that Naomi is holding this child in in her lap at the end. It says, Naomi took the child and laid him in her lap and cared for him the women the women around said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. So we just we end the book in this beautiful scene right before the lineage um, leading up to Jesus, and we see just this beautiful scene of Naomi holding that baby. And I can only imagine the joy on her face at this. Um, and I love that God ends this on such a happy note. That in so many ways, this is like a Cinderella story, where you have a woman who feels like she has nothing, and we end it with this beautiful wedding and a child and just the goodness of God. And the best part is, this was true, guys. This actually happened. This wasn't some made-up tale or fable or passed-down story. This actually happened. And I think in our own worlds, this is something beautiful to look at. And I think too. Praying and letting God have that decision on who we date, and most of all, who we marry, is a big deal, you know? And I think personally in my own life, I've seen times where I have perhaps liked a guy or something and given it to God. And it was amazing because this happened recently for me. Um, I gave it to God, and God just really wiped that desire away. And God gave me a clear view that it was more of this kind of fleshy um, infatuation. Not in a perverted way, but like, this isn't it, Cal. This isn't the one for you. And I'm so thankful for that. And it was crazy because then the next time I came into contact with this person, I felt nothing more than just friendship. And I was thankful for that because God was good. And God gave me an answer and the friendship wasn't ruined. And I think submitting it to God when we do have somebody that we like is always the best because God is either going to allow the relationship to happen and we will learn something from that or he's going to close the relationship or it's going to lead to marriage and I think that's a way to be intentional with our relationships without being um, really capricious or anything and letting God have reign over our lives and our hearts because he has what's best for us in the end and He's going to give us that very best, but we need to ask for it, too. You know, it's like the lame man at the pool when Jesus came to him and said, do you want to be healed? And you would think the obvious answer would be like, well, yeah, but he had to ask for it. And so I think in the same way, you know, ask and the door will be open, seek and you will find. if we ask God about a particular person or about a person that maybe we've not even met yet, and we give that... Decision in the end to God, He's not going to fail us or let us down. And Ruth and Boaz both did this. Ruth and Boaz both gave it to God, up to Him. For Him, you know, they would roll the dice, but God would determine what the, you know, end result would be. And God chose them for each other. And I just think that is really astounding. And I also love the respect between them that they both were <laughs> like, why would you choose me to each other? And then you look at the overwhelming, but God chose us for each other. Um, so I just, I really enjoyed going through this book, um, yet again, I did in Dear Young Sparrow, um, when I was talking about a chapter I'm waiting, chapter seven, but I love every aspect of how this book ends, um, and we just really see the goodness of God and that God is a romantic, totally, and I love it, and I love it because it's just so Cinderella-esque, um. So I hope you guys have enjoyed it, too. I always welcome any input or comments or further discussion, um, because I think this podcast isn't just supposed to be me, it's a community, and that's why I really like having people on the podcast as well. So please be um, vibrant and talk about things, you know, you contact me on my Instagram, on uh, the Facebook page, on the website, anything else. And um, be sure to check out the website. It's deersparrows.com. I have some new blogs on there. I got to travel a lot this summer. And had some pretty unique and cool stories throughout. So check those out if you want some um, cool updates with that. I mean, not that my life is really, any really, like, cool, but some cool, funny things happen in my life. And so I share about that. And um, so be sure to check that out. And the podcast... Um, we'll be continuing to go even though I am back in school. I'm an English teacher, if anyone forgot. Um, or I don't know if anyone ever said that. So, hey, I'm an English teacher. So, that's kind of cool. Um, so the podcast will continue to happen every other Monday. Um, except we will be having a very special edition on September 12th. It is actually going to be our first video and podcast edition Um, so we will be also videotaping, and it's going to kind of add into the lifestyle aspect of this podcast, so it'll be on the Apple Keynote. So, I used to work for Apple, I worked for them for about two years out of college, I've been teaching now for two years, too, um, and... I'm really excited about this Apple keynote. So I'm going to have um, somebody from Apple um, come and we will nerd out and discuss everything and you guys will to see me in my old employee uniform so haha. <laughs> but we'll actually have it so you can actually see us. Um, so it'll be kind of neat to be sure to tune into that September 12th. Um, we have a lot of cool things up on the lineup. we have some other cool guests um, an author. Um, who will be joining us in a few weeks that I will share about probably in the next podcast a little bit more of a preview for him, and yeah, I think that's about it. And then check out the book. Um, I got the first sales report back, and so that was really encouraging and exciting and thankful to see how this is blessing people. Um, it's very humbling for me because I, like, do this from my backyard, so that's really humbling to see. So, Keep up with um, comments, concerns, different uh, um, things, any lifestyle things or questions. I always welcome questions, too. So I'll pray us out. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this journey journey we've taken through Ruth 4. I praise you for that. And I thank you for this, this beautiful story that you wrote for these people. And, Lord, I pray that you would give us hearts like Ruth and Boaz, that we would courageously pursue you, listen to you, obey you, And let you be the person, you be the one who decides our relationships and then seeking you, knowing that you will give us your best. Lord, please give us obedient hearts, even when everyone around us is discouraging us. Lord, give us ears to hear exactly what you are conveying to us. Lord, give us courage to fight for what you are telling us to do and kindness to go forward in every action that we take. Lord, thank you. For this story. Thank you that it is true. And thank you for the people listening. Lord, I pray that you will help us all to find our or our Ruth's, depending on who we are. And I praise you, Lord, for the beautiful stories that you write that are even more wonderful than even the best of fairy tales. In your name we pray. Amen.